Nunvav Amud Aleph. I think we got up to, well, let's say like this. Five wide lines down. First word line is Heichalenu. Um, In the middle of that line, it has Niron. Niron is the name. We did the Niron yesterday. He's the one whose descendants were, um, Rabbi Meir came from him, the great Rabbi Meir, the son of his. Anyway, I put a diamond around Niron and I put a number one in the margin. Where we're going to start today is about five lines below that. First word line is Shadre, and the third word is Espesinos. I put a diamond around that Espesinos. So first word line is Shadre, third word is Espesinos, and there's a number two in the margin. And when we get to Amud Beis, we want to know. When we get to Amud Beis, we'll have a uh, number three. These are basically the three, I guess you could say, generals who were sent by the uh, by Rome against Jerusalem. The first one was this Neron. Um, the second one is, I think it's usually translated as uh, Vespasian, mm. Espesinos. So here we go. Now the uh, Romans sent to uh, continue the siege of Jerusalem. Underline Shadre Ilavayu and put a diamond around Espesinos. Just started. And now it calls him Espesinos Caesar. And Caesar is usually the Caesar, who's kind of like the equivalent of the head honcho. The big cheese, the president, Caesar. Except he wasn't yet the Caesar. He's the Espesinos who was going to become the Caesar. But at this point, he wasn't. Okay, Asa Tsarala, slash Shani, he came and uh, laid siege to Jerusalem for three years. And um, let's see what was going on in the city of Jerusalem during those three years. Havubahanu Tlasu Asiri. There were three fantastically wealthy, you could say families or people. Nakdiman ben Gurion, ben Kalba Savua, and ben Sitzis Why were each one of them referred to as by these names? They might not have necessarily been their their given names. Nakdiman ben Gurion, who I underlined, he um, you know the story Nekdera Lochama Bavuroi. I think it's a um, Gemara, maybe Masechus Tainus. The the sun had to shine, and it came out to shine after the clouds were there. For the deal he made, ben Kalba Savua, I underline. Uh, why was he called the son of a satiated dog? Which is an interesting name to nickname someone. It's actually a very positive nickname. Uh, anyone who would come into his house famished like a dog, would leave very satiated. Now, these are all, um, could be physical descriptions. They are physical descriptions. It's certainly, it was just more than a good meal. It was probably a, a good fort, a good drasha. A little bit of philosophy, who knows? But uh, they definitely left um, much happier than they came in. Ben Sitzis why is he referred to as that name? I underline that name. Shaisa Tzitzisa, his Tzitzis, Nigreras Algabe Kesosais. I guess, you know, sometimes you see, uh, the, um, I don't know, like Jewish people in houses, but uh, like the the newly minted Balchuva, the Nachnachs, with the mm, huge begotten of Tzitzis, and the strings are so long they're dragging along on the floor. Well, Ben Sitzis Hakeses would do that, and he didn't want it to drag on the floor, so he would have them place like nice materials, silks, fancy materials, and then he would leave those materials for the poor people. So it wasn't, uh, I don't even know if it was just a show, it might not have been a show at all of his wealth, but it was a way of, of sharing the wealth with the masses. Ikadamri, uh, there are those who say, alternatively, that he was called Kesses, like the word Kisei, Shaisak Kiseisai, or Kistai, Mutalis Ben Gadali He had his seat amongst the Chashuve Rome. He's a very uh, important person. 
Now, these three very wealthy families who are under siege because they're all in Yerushalayim, one of them told uh, the, the people, I will provide wheat and barley for everyone for like as long as necessary. We'll see how long they had. The other one said, I'll provide wine, salt, and oil for everyone. And the third one said, Now, we forget how important wood was um, before you had gas and electricity, you, you couldn't cook anything, you couldn't bake anything without wood. And that's why the Gemara goes on, Veshavchu Rabbanan, the Rabbanan praised the one who was providing the tzivi, the wood, the Rav Chista, this is a little uh, case to show how valuable wood was for fuel, certainly in those days, the Rav Chista, Kol Iklidi, Have Masar Lashame, he would give over any of the keys that he had to his various storehouses to his uh, servant, Bar midit sivi, except the one for the wood. Da'amar of Chista, akalva dechiti boishisin aklavi sivi, a storeroom of flour, of wheat, requires 60 storerooms of wood. Basically, I mean, we totally don't relate to this. I guess if you ever do a barbecue, you kind of relate to it, but um, we just plug it in or hook up the gas. But without that, you, you need a lot of um, a lot of wood to uh, to heat up the oven. By the way, these three wealthy people had enough to support, uh, sustain the entire Jewish population in the city for 21 years. However, as is often the case, the uh, seems like the downfall was of our doing, not, not of the Romans. It was us. There were these... Um, what we call them? Tough guys? Uh, ruffians? Uh, ones who didn't want to listen to the rabbis because those rabbis, what do they know? Okay. Amaluhu Rabbanan. So the Rabbanan said to the Biryuni, to the tough guys, it seems like there was a lot of tension inside the city between these two. Basically, there was the side that wanted to fight the Romans, and there was, interesting enough, the Rabbanan who did not want to fight the Romans. They uh, did not think that they would win. Turns out they didn't. So what did... Um, what they say to the Rabbanan, v'navid shalma behadayu. The Rabbanan said, uh, Amru lehu Rabbanan. The Rabbanan said to the tough guys, let us go out and uh, make a peace deal with the, uh, with the Romans, with them. Loishav kinu. However, the tough guys wouldn't allow it. Amru lehu, nefuk v'navid karva behadayu. No, we're going to go out and make war with them. Now, as, as much as maybe there would have been a miracle, it certainly would have been relying on a miracle, and they probably wouldn't have won. The Romans were brutal. Amruluhu Rabbanan. So the Rabbanan said, Loi Mistaya Milsa. Well, the uh, just not going to be successful. I'm sorry, I wish it would be, but it's not going to be. What did the Biryunis do? There was definitely some massive tension between the two sides. Well, they figured an easy way to uh, have things come to a head. They burned all the storehouses that contained all of the food. Kamu Kalinu. They burned Lahano Ambari, Dechiti of wheat, Usari, and barley. And what happens when there's no more food? And there was a terrible famine. Once there's a terrible famine, they, they have to do something. Parenthetically, the Gemara brings, it's about eight, nine lines, um, a story about Martha Bas Baisais, who was a fantastically, uh, a Siri Yerushalayim Havai, a very, very wealthy uh, woman, this uh, Martha. Shadrasa Lishlucha. Uh, this is probably describing the time that the famine took hold um, because of the destroying of the, the, the wheat and, and, and the barley um, 
storerooms. So she sent her shaliacha, she normally would, to go to the makolot and buy her some bread or to go to the shuk. And uh, she said to her shaliach, Zil Aisili Smida, can you please go bring me some fine flour? I'd like to make some bread. Ada Azel is Davin. By the time he got there, it had all been sold out. There was no more. Asa, he came back. Amrlan said to her, uh, Sorry, mistress, uh, Smida Leika. Chivrisa Ika. There's no Smida, but there's a lower quality, like a regular white wheat. Should I get that? Amrale, she said to him, Zil Aisili, go get it for me. Ada Azel, by the time he got back to the marketplace, his Davin was sold out. I'm going to see a repeating trend over here. Asava Amarla came and told her, Chivrasaleka, but Gushkara Ika. Gushkara is like a darker type of flower. Amrale, so she said to him, Zilaisli, go bring it for me, please. Adazo, well, when he's done, he's sold out. Asava Amarla, Gushkara Leka. I'm sorry to report, it sounded like a broken record, you probably said, but there's no more Gushkara. Kimcha Desarika, there is barley flour. Amrale, so she said, Zilaisli, go get for me. Adazo, never what happened. Never guess what happened when he got there. They were out of that also, is Davin. Now, it, it, this is very unusual because we know the background of the story. They had plenty. And this must have happened very quickly that when all the storehouses sold out of it, there was nothing. Like when there's a rush, you have supermarkets packed with uh, 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 masks and then Corona happens and in like two hours, everything's gone. Or they say the water's going to go out on Rapid Shemir. So suddenly all the bottled water. So you could imagine very quickly, nothing. Okay, so she figures she's going to go out by herself. Have a misana. She was uh, without her shoes. She was barefoot, and she was a very, very noble woman, very uh, fancy woman. Amra, so she says, I'm going to go out and see. I can find anything to eat. Excuse me. When she went out, um, she didn't have her shoes on. She stepped in a big pile. I don't know if it was horse poo or cow dew or whatever it was. A big pile of that. And she basically died because she was so disgusted, so unused to that. It's a pretty disgusting thing. But certainly when you're very pampered. Kari Allah Rabbi Yochman Zaka. Rabbi Yochman Zaka referred to this incident with the Pasuk of Ha-Raka Becha Ha-Anuga Asher the, the delicate and pampered amongst you that you did not even test out the, uh, the, the, the palm of your, or the, the bottom of your foot. Basically, um, you, you were so pampered that, and this is actually true, but, uh, that some normalists that might disgust someone or get them a little bit sick, could, she actually dropped dead from it. Okay. Ikadami, alternatively, what happened is she got so hungry, and this is the way she died, Gar... Remember the story of Tzadok? He had fasted, we'll see, it's a section on the base, and then he had some um, figs that he would suck the juice out of to get him better. Anyway, she ate that. She became horrifically either nauseated or became sick because whatever illness he had when he was sucking the juice out of the fig, it got transferred to her, and she died. Now, what happens to Tzadok? He... Basically, for 40 years, fasted. Not straight, probably ate at night, but he became incredibly thin and, and frail. And he was uh, doing this to Lech Rav Yerushalayim. He knew that it seemed like the way things were going, or Ruach HaKadosh, that Yerushalayim was going to be destroyed, and he didn't want that. And he, he tried, certainly that way, to uh, prevent it or delay it. Kavi Achel Midi, and he was so frail and thin that when he would eat something, Havi Mishazim Abroi, he would swallow it, and you would actually see it like going down, um, because of his incredible thinness. But he have a barrio when he was getting better. Now, you can't just 
you know, take a uh, big steak and french fries and eat that when you finish your 40 years of fasting. So they had to slowly, I guess, wean him back onto a normal diet. Mycelae, Greg, Rice brought some figs. Myitz Myhu, and he sucked out the, uh, the, the juice, the uh, fig juice from it. Fishanti Lahu, and uh, he would throw out, and that, that's, I think, what Martha got, one of those thrown out figs that had whatever illness he had from, from sucking the juice out of it. When uh, Martha was uh, about to pass away, was dying, she had obviously enormous amounts of gold and silver, and she took it uh, out to the public area, and threw it out. What purpose does she have for any gold or silver? Amra, what do I need this for? Even similar to the concept right out in the Pasuk, their, their money, their silver, they will throw it into the streets because it's only as valuable as what it could buy, and certainly when there's no more time to buy anything, or there's nothing left to buy, it's totally worthless. Abba Sikra, I underline his name. This is such an interesting story and so telling about the way society can uh, deteriorate. Abba Sikra, who was he? The Reish Biryuni Yerushalayim. He was in charge of all the Biryunim in Yerushalayim. The Biryunis are the good guys or the bad guys? Yeah, bad guys are not good. Not good at all. By the way, came from a chash of a family, as often happens. Bar-Ach de ben Zakai. He happened to be the nephew of the leader of the religious Jewish population, Rabbi Yochan ben Zakai. So Rabbi Yochan ben Zakai, and it was his nephew was the tough guy, Abba Sikra. Okay. Shalach le tabit sinna le gabai. So Rabbi Yochan ben Zakai had requested that Abba Sikra meet with him secretly. Could they meet with him in public? Probably not. It would be very hard to have a meeting with, let's say, uh, I mean, the Jews had chutzpah. I would say Arafat and Robin, but that that happened. So, I guess if you're Jewish, you have lots of chutzpah. Anyway, they thought it would be more productive if they met privately. Asa he came, Amar Leni said to him, Ad emas avdisu katlisu leila alma bekafna. Listen, like you tough guys, it's wonderful. How long are you going to continue doing this? We're all going to die of famine. Amar Lei. Ready for this? This is this is one of the most shocking answers you'll ever match. This is, the, this is he's in charge. He's the one at the head. Mai Avid, what can I do? If I say anything to them to try to change their minds, Katluli, they'll kill me. That's a really tough situation when, when the mob is in charge. And even the guy who's in charge of the mob, if he speaks up, okay. Ammarle said, Rabbi Yochum says to his nephew, let's figure out something so I can at least get out of the city. Why? Not because he wants to escape. After Porta, maybe there'll be a little bit of salvation. And here was the plan. Amarle. By the way, when the Romans were besieging a city, if someone tried to come in or out, they were finished. There was not a chance. However, Amarle, nekait nafsheikh be ketsiri. You know what you should do? Pretend, make it as though you're really sick. You're like deathly ill. And have all the Jews come and, and ask after you and come to visit you and and like the word will get out that you're really close to dying. And then bring this disgusting, smelly, rotting piece of something. And kind of like curl up next to it, leave it with you like on the bed that you are so you'll start to smell as though you've died. People say, that's a horrible stench. You probably died. And let your students come in. But nobody else. Why? Because they're going to carry you out, basically, to have you buried outside the city, which would be allowed. And, you know, if you're carrying a person, if the carrying person is alive as opposed to the person is dead, you can feel the weight difference. So make sure it's your close students. So they won't 
be marked, you won't feel, they won't realize that you're actually lighter than if you were actually dead. De inu yadi, de chaya kalil mimisa, that one who's alive is easier to carry than one who's dead. Ovid Hachi did this. Nichnas by Rabbi Eliezer mitzad echad, Rabbi Yoshua mitzad achar. The two gedolei ador of the next generation is two students. Uh, each took one side. Kimatu lepischa when they got to the gate of the city, ba'u lemidkere. So they wanted these biryunis. They wanted to make sure. Oh, we know these rabbis probably trying to trick us. Maybe we should like take the dagger and stab him a bunch of times. <coughs> Excuse me, just to make sure he's dead. Amar Abba Sikra said to them. Now who's Abba Sikra? He's the leader of the Biryuni. He says, listen, guys, can't do that. Yoimu Rabbanan Dakru. They're going to say that the Biryunis stab dead rabbis. That's not good for our PR. Bola Midchafei. So they said, Ari, at least let us, like, take, I don't know, the back of a spear and kind of jab him a few times or try the tickle torture with the uh, feather underneath the nose. See what happens there. Amalahu, Yoimu Rabbanan Dakru. No, they'll say that they're making uh, mockeries of the rabbi. Paskule. So the Biryunis opened the gate. Nafak went out. Now, he obviously was not dead. He was alive. What did he do once he was out? When he got to the Roman camp, Amar, he said to, and he's basically the leader of the Jews, he says to the leader of the Romans. Who's the leader of the Romans at this point? Espasinos, Vespasian. He says to him, Shalma Allah Malka, Shalma Allah Malka, peace be upon you, king. Peace be upon you, king. What does Vespasian say back? Amar lay. You, you basically just uh, made yourself high of the death penalty twice. Number one, Malka Ana. I'm not the king. I might be pretty important. I'm not the king. Malka, and that's basically Mored Bemalchus. That's rebelling against the proper king. Visu and further, Imalka. If I really am the king, Like up till now, where have you been? Like why is it taking you so long? It's been. It was at least three years that there was the siege. Amarle. So says back the good rabbi Rilchman Zakai. Which your first point was that I'm not the king. Ibra, that's true. That is correct. Malka that you are the king. And I know you're the king. And I guess you'll have to find out soon that you're the king. You know how I know you're the king? To Ilav Malka for not for the fact that you are the king. There's no way Jerusalem would be being given over to you. Jerusalem doesn't fall to the hands of any shlomazel. Dixiv, and the Pasuk, Yishaya, brings out that point. Halavanon be'adir yipol. Okay, whatever the Lavanon is, it falls to the adir, whatever the adir are. Ve'in adir elam melech. Adir indicates one who is a ruler, king, Dixiv. Vaya adiroi mimenu. Ve'in levanon, what's levanon? That's none other than the base hamikdash, the, the crown jewel of Yerushalayim, shenemar, hahara toivazeh, the Halavanon. And therefore, um, you're definitely the king. You might not know about it yet, but you are definitely the king because there's no way Yushayim's given over to someone who's not. Secondly, you said, If I'm really the king, then, like, why haven't you come to me up until now? I'll tell you why. In the city, you might not know, you don't have the drone technology yet to see what's going on or the uh, ability to eavesdrop, but Biryuni de Isban lo Shafkinan. We have these tough guys as part of our population, and, and they won't let us. They, they won't let us uh, go out and try to uh, cut a peace deal with you. Amar so says Vespasian, to Yochum and Zakai. Rabbi, Ilu el Dvash. Let's say you had a barrel of honey. Vidarkoin Karuchale, and you had a snake or a serpent that was near it or wrapped around it. Lohavi Shavin Esachavis Bishvil Darkoin, wouldn't you smash that um, 
barrel to get the dangerous snake away? What was the response? Crickets, nothing. Ishtik. Now, what, what was he saying to uh, the rabbi? He, he was essentially saying that what you should have done is smashed the walls of the city from the inside, and then it would have given us the ability to come in, and we would have taken care of the bear union and made peace with you. Why didn't you do that? Now, almost parenthetically, for the next four lines, Rav Yosef, who quite a few generations after this, Karyle Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef referred to this incident, V'yitem, and those who say it was none other than Rabbi Akiva, by the puzzle that says, He turns aside the wisdom of the wise, and the way that they think uh, becomes almost like silly or childlike or foolish. You know what he should have said? You know what the comeback should have been, Rabbi Yochum Zakai? Shaklinan Sivsa, she said, no, that's not what we would have done. We take a pair of tongs and we grab the snake and remove the snake and take the snake out. Why should we destroy the walls of the city of Yerushalayim? We were hoping that we would be able to convince them or get the upper hand on them and remove them ourselves and still keep the beauty or the, uh, the walls of the city of Yerushalayim. That's what he could have answered back, but he didn't. Okay, um, after that four-line interruption, Adahachi in the interim, Asi Pristika Alemi Roimi. Only in the Gemaras and like Monty Python films does this happen. Some guy comes knocking on the door, message from Rome. You'll never guess what happened. Amar Lay said to him, Cum de Misles Caesar, the previous Caesar, the leader of uh, Rome has died. They voted and you'll never guess who they voted to be the new Caesar, the new king. Him. Okay. Long live the king. Now, when he heard this information, this news, he was in the middle of putting on his shoes. He had one shoe on, and he wanted to put on his other shoe. Lo ayel, the other shoe would not go on. Okay? It looks silly if you go out with one shoe on. So, he wanted to take off the other shoe that was already on. Lo nafak, it wouldn't come off. Amar, so this patient says, hmm, uh, my high, uh, very interesting. What's going on here? Um, Amar Lei, I guess Rabbi Yochum Zaka is still there. He says to him, lo no worries. Shmua teiva asyalach. You know what happened? You heard an unbelievably good piece of news. Dixiv, and what do we know when somebody hears a good piece of news? Shmua teiva, tichanatsam. It, it fattens the bones. It makes the, I don't know, the muscles swell. Or on, on a very, um, maybe on a bit of a deeper level, that the connection to Olam Hazel, when someone comes into an unbelievable Olam Hazel type situation, becomes much heavier on them, much bigger, much more challenging to uh, deal with. Elamai Takante, so then, uh, okay, well, you're so smart, Rabbi. Uh, what should I do? What solution? How do I like, either get one shoe off or the other shoe on? What a great solution. Do you have somebody that really bothers you? Call them in. Ha- have them like sit here and sort of, you know, get your blood boiling. It, there's nothing to get a person back to feeling from his, uh, the, the Haman. Haman felt the grace. He saw Mordechai couldn't stand it. it says, uh, Call somebody in who you really don't like. And let him sort of like pace back and forth in front of you. And that'll take care of things. Because like the Pasuk says, the broken spirit, you have a very haughty spirit right now, the broken spirit will dry out the bones. Avad hachi, ayil, and you'll never guess what? 
He tried to put on the other shoe, and it went right on. Amarle, so says Vespasian to this rabbi, seems pretty sharp and insightful, since you rabbis are so smart, so what took you so long to come to me? Why, why haven't you come to me until now? Amarle, now, you know sometimes you ever have a discussion with someone and it sort of goes around in circles, and it's the same conclusion for, well, says back, didn't I tell you why? Amarle says Vespasian back, and I also told you, Okay, um, that's not going anywhere. So let's get to the final uh, discussion between the two of them. Amar Le says Vespasian to the rabbi, Meza Zilna, as you can see, I've just been elected to be, you know, emperor of the world. So I'm going to be going. And I'll be sending somebody else in my place to besiege Jerusalem. You know what? Make a request and I will give you. The genie in the uh, lamp has how many things? Three things? Okay, let's see how many he asked for. Amarle, number one, Tenli Yavna Vachachamah. There was a, a vibrant Torah center in Yavna. He wants Yavna and all the Chachamim to be spared. Shushilta the Ramagamliel, Ramagamliel who had come from Malchus um, Beis David. He wanted that line not to be touched, the ancestry of that. And finally, he asked for a professional doctor, the Asvasa de Messiah Lay, who could help Reb because Reb Tzadok had fasted for 40 years and was in a really bad state, and obviously a professional doctor would be able to help to get him better. Okay, that's what he asked for. How many things? I don't know. Let's say three. Rav Yosef. Now, Rav Yosef was um, four lines before it got to the medium-sized lines, had commented, comes in again in the middle of the story and comments, uh, and there are those who say, Vitaim was Rabbi Akiva, Again, with the Pasuk, sometimes the wisest of people seem to, at least in Rav Yosef's opinion, make um, errors of judgment. When, when essentially the Roman emperor says, make a request for me and I'll fulfill it, what he should have said is, you know what? Have the forces retreat from around Yerushalayim. Let us be. Now, do we think that Rabbi Yochum didn't have that cross his mind? Of course he had it cross his mind. He, he clearly, because of the situation, he was the only one there, and maybe he was right, maybe he was wrong, but Husavar, he had figured, uh, that's a pretty big request. The Romans have been besieging Jerusalem for three years, and you're going to request, you know what, pull back, retreat, and not do it. He figured that that might not actually be um, agreed to, and then he wouldn't even have the lesser Hatzalah of saving Yavna v'chachamah. Period. Uh, what was that remedy that they used for uh, Reb Tzadok to get him back uh, functioning? So Asvisa, the, uh, the the medication or the medicinal remedy, the Messiah later Reb Tzadok, Maihu, what was it? So Yumachad, Ashkiyuham Maya de Peri. They gave him, I guess you want to slowly get the body back into uh, eating regular food, so they gave him water that had bran soaked in it, a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of carbs, I guess. The machar the next day, maya de sipuka. Next day it was uh, uh, water that had like a thick type of bran and a little bit of flour mixed into it. They gave him that. <laughs> Bless you. The machar maya de kimcha, regular flour water. Adaravach maya, porta porta. And the important thing here was that they had to expand his intestines that had so contracted slowly, and that's the way they did it. I think at the end of uh, Shoah there were people who... It was like the most important thing. You cannot eat regular. You have to slowly get back into it. And 
There's some people who did, and literally just they, they would die. It was too it was too intense an experience for the body to go back into a, a regular sort of uh, eating style. Okay, Azal Shadri Latitus. I put a diamond around Titus and a number three in the margin. This is the third, and unfortunately it was the last that the Romans sent, and uh, seems like he was successful. Uh, Pasuk says in Dvarim, Va'amar Where, oh, is their God, the rock uh, that, and, 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 and whose salvation, and whose refuge do they seek salvation? Anyway, who is that referring to in the Pasuk? It's Titus Arasha. Shechirei fegidev klape mala, he, he profaned, he blasphemed, he cursed Hashem. Ma'asa. This is pretty bad, but this is what he did. Tafa Zaina, he took a harlot, biyadoi venichnas, and went into the base kachik adashim, and he spread out, he'd see a sefer tairah, ve'avar ala aveira, and did the deed on top of the sefer tairah, ve'natal saif, he took a sword, ve'gider as a parochas, he slashed the, the parochas, ve'nasa nase, and actually a miracle happened at that point, ve'adam and batspeis, and it's blood spurted out, ve'yotseu kesavor, and he figured, ha-ha, haruges atzmai, I've killed him, like with a capital H, like the God of the Jews must be dead. Shanamar, the Pasuk, all these Pesukim obviously are way before this incident happens, so this is a bit of, a, of like a Ruach HaKadosh or Nevuah in the Pesukim. Um, the Pasuk says, Shagu tsayurecha bekerev mayadecha, your, your enemies uh, roar in the place of the, the meeting place, samu oisai sam oisai, and they, they place their, their, their signs um, as being signs that, that like the sign that this blood came spurting out was a sign that I guess Titus figured he had killed the Rabbani Shalom so to speak Abachanan, a couple other um, quotes from Sukkot that seem to be a, a good description of this incident Abachanan who is like you O Hashem now you and I and maybe even he knew he didn't kill Hashem it's an unbelievably uh, strength. The greatest strength is the strength of uh, ipuk, of holding back. And that's what Hashem showed over here. Like in the base of Migdash, in, in the Kodesh, uh, Hashem, you hear your insults and your cursing. And remain silent. It's almost like the, the, the greatest sign of the strength of Hashem is something like they ask where was Hashem during the Shoah so where was Hashem that, that is exactly his, his unbelievable strength where was he because we had obviously done something that was so problematic as a people that he had to remove himself which we understand is who is like you Hashem the, the mute ones like you don't respond you're not there even though you're everywhere Okay, Ma'as, so what did Titus do after that uh, horrible incident? Not to less a paraiches, he took this paraiches. The Asa Kamin Gargusni, um, he brought, he, he made a, like a big uh, Santa Claus bag. What would you say? What was it? Masnanet. A? Okay, Masnanet, a uh, sieve. sieve, filter, Santa Claus bag. I don't know what to say. Large sakit, and what what's he doing with it? Vehevi kolkevish mikdash. He uses it. He throws in the menira, and probably throw the shulchan. But all the kalim, all the beautiful kalim. Vehinichan bahen. Vaishivan b'svinei. He took him to the port, to the boat lelech, to take him back to Rome. Lishtabech beiroi to make himself feel very chashuv in his city. Shneimar, like the pasuk says in Kahela Subachain Raisi Rishaim kivurim. Now that word I underline kivurim. Really, Rishayim don't deserve to be alive. They deserve to be six feet under. 
otherwise known as buried. Ubo, and they came. Umi makim kadosh shehalechun from the holy place that they go. Vayish tachachu ba'ira sher kenasu, and it'll actually be forgotten in the city that which they did. Now, two of those words we underline kivurim, and I also underline vayish tachachu, and it'll be forgotten. Al tikri, don't read it as kivurim, ella kivutsim. So the Rishayim were kavutsim, they gathered together. And al-tikri v'yishtachu ela v'yishtabchu. And he praised or triumphed. And that's an indication of what he had done or what he had wanted to do when he returned to a city with the Kalim of the Mikdash. Ika da'amri, alternatively, that you don't have to change the word kevurim to kevutsim, rather kevurim mamish, buried. Da'afilu de mitzmeran, even those, you know, Jews are always into sort of like diamonds and jewels because they're small and precious you could hide them well usually it works but when Hashem doesn't want it to work the guy will find it and the hidden treasures Iglaya Lahon became revealed to the Romans the Romans took that stuff as well okay now he's on the boat and he's traveling back to Rome so a big strong storm wind came and it looked like the boat was going to sink at sea Amar Boy, his teacher's a bad guy. He says like this. Oh, so I see this uh, God of the Jews. You know where he's strong? On the water. Paro came. Where was he able to get Paro? He drowned him in the water. Okay, so he's coming against me. And he wants to get me with the water. In Gibor, who if he was really mighty, Yalaliabasha, let's be men about this. It's ridiculous speaking through a bunch of land, but we'll be and we'll go up to dry land. The Yasayimi Milchama. Let let him make war with me on dry land. Um really not the uh, best uh, move to, to make, but Yasa Baskal, Vamraloya Baskal came out and said, Russia ben Russia ben of a Russia. Okay. You want me to to battle with you on the dry land, Bau or Biriakala, Yeshli Bailam. I got a teensy weensy tiny puny creature, the Yitushman. It's called a gnat. You have a gnat? Is that what it translates as? Tiny little bug. Mosquito. Okay. By the way, a Mycaria Biriakala, why is it referred to as a little tiny creature? It's so tiny. It has a in, has like a mouth, but doesn't have a thing that it releases its waste product from. It probably does, maybe not discernible. Bottom line, that's how small it is. Okay, so I'll be the Abasha. Um, Titus uh, got to dry land. I'm going to come up to the. Hashem says he's going to do war with Titus when he's in the dry land. Ali Abasha, Bo Yitush, a little Yitush, this little bug came, Venichnas Bechotmo, and I don't know if he was sleeping or whatever happened, and he went up his nose. And he was there in his brain. And it was like a woodpecker pecking at his brain. Venakar Bemaicha, literally picked or pecked at the brain, Shevashan him for seven years. Which you could imagine gave him probably the most excruciating sort of like headaches or migraines. I don't even know this could be a virus. I love Dafka, it's even a. I don't even know. Do viruses uh, have to live off something? I, I, I don't know. Yumachad, have a above a debate So one day, I guess uh, about seven years after this happened, he, Titus, was walking by the blacksmiths, Shamakal Arzafta, and he heard you know, the banging of the hammer of the, of the blacksmiths. Suddenly, this horrible headache that he had for seven years now, Ishtik, it stopped. Oh, 
Amarika Takante. He says, I've discovered the cure for my uh, ailment. What would he do? Kol Yuma Maisinafcha. So every day, he would bring a blacksmith, Umachu Kameh, and they would start banging their hammers in front of him. And if the blacksmith was a Gentile blacksmith, he would pay him $400 for the day. Li Yisrael, if it was a Jew, Amarle, he'd tell the Jew, uh, You know what? I'm not paying you anything. It's enough of a wage that you get to see your enemy uh, in this type of situation, which is terribly embarrassing. Ad Tilson Yumin. So for 30 days, Avad Hachi, he did this, and it worked. When the banging of the hammer of the blacksmith would go, the thing would quiet down. But then, this is, talk about uh, modern medicine issues. Mikan Ve'elach, Kevan did dash, dash. Once the virus got used to the, we call it the antibiotic, it became strong again. Literally, once it was trampled on, it was trampled on. But whatever's being described here, it's so similar to modern medicine where you, you overuse something that's a cure and then, and then the, the illness or the ailment changes so that it won't be affected again by the antibiotic. But that's what happened over here. Tanya, you have a little brysa. Uh, goes just over line. Amar Pinchas ben Aruba. Ani I was there. Ben Gedoli Raime Ukishemes. And when Titus died, Potsuas Meichay they cut open his skull. Umatsu boy kitsiper drawer, and they found this little yitush had actually grown to the size of a small baby swallow. Mishkal shnei sloim, which is about the weight. If you say a sella, I have here is about half an ounce, so it weighed about one ounce. That's a enormous thing that had grown inside his brain. Bimasnisa Tana, we have a little brace which says, you think that's big, Kegoizel Ben Shana, Mishkal Shnei Litrin, which is actually more like uh, two pounds. So it, whatever it was in his brain when they did the autopsy, it was enormous. Amra Baye, I don't understand, I don't understand any of this, but I'm not sure what he's saying, but the piv of this creature was shall of copper, vitsiparnov, and its uh, nails were of barzel of iron. Kihavi Mayis, when he was about to pass away, this Titus, uh, we'll finish with this line, Amarlu, he said to the people who were around him, Likliyulahu Gavra, I'd like you to, as soon as I am, uh, pass away, burn my body, and spread my ashes, Ashev Yami on the seven seas. So that the God of the Jews will not be able to find me and bring me to justice. Uh, Adkan.